coming up on Reframed. And it wasn't because of uh, an accident. It wasn't because of some terrible thing that happened to her. And that's the other thing too, I think, is like representing the diverse range of what disability is. That's everyone's favorite because it's such a hot topic. Welcome back everyone to Reframed Disability in Media, the podcast that reframes how disability is portrayed in film and TV. I'm your host, Jason Climo, and today I have my lovely co-host, Stephanie Dow, with me, um, along with this this week's special guest, which is Kay Chantel, all the way from the US, which is very exciting. Um, and today we'll be discussing Eternals, uh, the Marvel film that has come out in cinemas very recently in Australia. Um, so recently, in fact, that when I told Steph we were doing Eternals this week, she was like, I actually need to run off to the movies to go see that. I thought it might be on the internet somewhere. <laughs> a little behind the game, but it's fine. I made it. So- I love it. I love that we're just running on the fly here. Um, but before we get into discussing Eternals, let's say hello to Kay Chantel and learn a bit more about them. So welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, as you mentioned, I am Kay Chantel. I am located in Birmingham, Alabama in the U.S. Um, I am a disability advocate, an entrepreneur, a model, and I also do some freelance writing from time to time. I am just so delighted to be here and to talk with you guys today. Yeah, I maybe did a little bit of our Instagram stalking before we chatted today. Oh no, fine. And I'm I'm so excited. Like, yeah, I love all of your photos. Like, amazing. But I mean, one thing I'm very excited to ask you about is you recently did a campaign for Sephora. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I'm even wearing my Sephora gloss today, so you know. Just <laughs> that <to> is awesome. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I did a campaign with Sephora with um one of my best wheel friends. Her name is Amy Morgan, and they reached out to us. They wanted to do a story about um, we belong to something beautiful, and they wanted to use a different demographic than they used in the past, and they loved our chemistry. They loved our story, and I was just really happy to be part of that campaign, and they they represented us so eloquently and so beautifully like that you don't get to see too often for people with disabilities, and I think that was my favorite part about working with Sephora. So hats off to them for that. Absolutely. I think what I loved about seeing what you guys did with it, they really, um, I guess, championed your voice. Like they weren't speaking for you. They weren't speaking about you. It was you guys speaking about yourself, which I thought was, I loved it. It was great. Exactly. And I think that's what I like the most as well. Mm-hmm. And for those who haven't seen it, there's one part that I particularly love, but I'll let you <laughs> jump into it. <laughs> There's the part about um, disability and sexuality. <laughs> That's everyone's favorite because it's such a hot topic. Um, <laughs> you know, people get rude about the questions that they ask regarding our sexuality, and it's and it's it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. We are human. You know, yeah. we are human. We we shocker. <laughs> we experience um, sexual relationships like everyone else. <laughs> I love that. And is there, like, I guess, from your perspective, you know, you have 
all of these different roles that you're playing at the moment in a lot of it seems to be tied into disability advocacy as well. What are some of the main things that you think need to change in all of these creative industries like fashion, film and TV? I think that there needs to be more positive represent- representation for people with disabilities and not just um, where they like to portray us as someone who needs help or somebody who needs to be saved. Yeah. Or like All of those stories, they're played out. They need to see our love stories. They need to see our glamorous sides. They need to see us as humans and stop dehumanizing our life experiences. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's basically like I, I sort of think of it as like disability needs rebranding. Like for too long, mm-hmm. it's been branded as sad, negative, pitying, you know. We need to take back that word, the disability word and rebrand it to be positive, empowering and, and beautiful and, and sexual. Exactly. <laughs> All of the things. All of yeah. All of the human things, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the same respect that you give to um other I would say some some other, you know, disabilities get get to be shown in a positive light. Um let's do the same for wheelchair users. And that's the other thing too, I think, is like representing the diverse range of what disability is, because it isn't just one experience, clearly. So and also like trying to make sure that you're intersectional within that as well um, and making sure everything is as as genuine as possible and like my whole thing that I was bang on about is that like (laughs) we need to get people with disability on screen but also behind the camera to control the narrative because that's the only way we're really going to get that real genuine representation Um, exactly and I love like did you know obviously tell us if you can't tell us but it seems like Sephora gave you a lot of control over the narrative that was shared in this campaign as well? Yes, they did. They um they pretty much let us run the story. They sent us some questions and they let us edit them how we saw fit. Um, they let us elaborate however we wanted and they asked like how things should be worded. Like they they got it right. They got it right. It's so good. It's so good. And it's and all it takes is that simple asking questions, right? In a respectful way. Mm. Like it doesn't it's not it's not hard. It's not hard for people to do that. Literally. They, they don't include us in the conversation for these things to go right. <laughs> and that's all I have to do is literally, like, I feel like there's so many opportunities out there. Um, like, I know in Australia, because I do some fashion modelling stuff as well, um, a lot of the brands and kind of event organisers are just so shy about asking because they feel like they're going to do something wrong. Which, like, number one is, like, just do a bit of research. Like, there's so many of us out there on Instagram, on wherever we are, TikTok, wherever, educating people. So, like, one, it's, like, just do a bit of research. But two, it's, like, if you're coming to us with, like, a genuine opportunity to create some change and give us, a you know, a platform to amplify our own voices, if you get something slightly wrong or say something, like, in the wrong language or slightly offensive, we're not going to shut you down and not want to do the opportunity with you. We're going to probably just educate you a bit and then also be really grateful for that opportunity. So I think a lot of the time people get stuck because they're, like, scared that they're going to offend someone when actually it's, like, don't get stuck in that because you're, you're slowing change by doing that. It's, like, just ask the question. So for anyone who's following along at home, where can they follow you? On Instagram, Facebook? Can, what are you doing? Yes. Um, I can be found on Instagram at K period Chantel Official. 
And Chantel is spelled S-H-A-N-T-E-L. And I can be found on Facebook as Carnesha Chantel. And I know Carnesha may be hard for some some, some people to spell, so I'm going to spell it. <laughs> it's K-A-R-N-E-S-H-I-A. That's Carnesha Chantel on Facebook. Well, hopefully get a little influx of followers. Um, and I know that I, you know, from having a bit of a, a stalk of your Instagram, am loving what you're posting and if I have learned some <laughs> stuff. So I'm very excited. And now I'm excited. I think it's time to jump straight into reviewing Eternals, um, the Marvel film. Um, Steph, did you want to give us a bit of an overview of Eternals? Sure, yeah. So Eternals is the latest offering uh, feature film from Marvel and it tells the story of this group of immortal beings called the Eternals (laughs) and each of them have superhuman powers and they have been given a mission about 7,000 years ago to come to Earth and protect the humans from the evil deviants. It's directed by Nomadland director uh, Chloe Zhao. So this is her first foray into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, But the reason that we're talking about it on Reframe today is the character Makari, who is played by actress Lauren Ridloff. And Makari is the first deaf superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or possibly ever on screen, I would venture to say. But... Uh, yeah, that's that's what brought us to talking about it today. So cool. Thanks for that overview, Steph. That was amazing. Um, Kay Chantel, what did you think about the representation of Makari's character? Yes, um, I loved, right off the bat, like as soon as the movie started, I loved the representation because they started off with the sign language and then having the person that she was talking to respond to her in sign language. Like right when a movie starts, it sets up the scene to know that, okay, we're dealing with a person who has a disability and this is going to be awesome. So it's like, I got excited from that moment because I, I had heard that there was someone with a disability, but I didn't really read on the movie before I went and saw it. So I, not knowing and going there, I was excited. Yeah. I think that's what I really responded to was, it you know it wasn't just her speaking in ASL American Sign Language. It was you know the characters responding to her in that as well. So it wasn't seen as this like oh this is an odd thing that she does. It's just how she communicates and how they communicate with her. So it wasn't and it wasn't because of uh, an accident. It wasn't because of some terrible thing that happened to her. It's just part of her character. Um, so I, I and it wasn't highlighted too heavily as you said it was just organically weaved into the story and that's what I really loved about and of course played by deaf actress herself you know authentic representation yes yes yeah yeah I'm glad you pointed that out because they didn't make her disability her tragedy yeah there was like no um real explanation like it was just that kind of incidental um inclusion and of a, of a character with disability who also happened to have like an amazing superpower um and i obviously also i also bang on all of the time about <laughs> disabled characters being portrayed by or played by sorry um people with disability and i love that they actually did that this time around um 
I don't know if there was really anything quite negative that I thought about it. I feel like I saw somewhere that there was possibly something to do with her superpower that like helped her hear things around her. And I didn't know if that was a little bit playing into the whole overcoming disability. Um, But maybe I need to check on that a bit more. I didn't pick up on that in the film itself. Yeah. What what I find really interesting is I, I read some articles about it and the character of Makari in the comic books that it's based on was not in any way connected to the Makari character we see in the film. So originally it was a huge, apparently white dude who is of hearing. Um, So I'd really love to know what the process was of turning the Makari character into what we saw on the screen, which I mean, all for it, but yeah, I'd love to know that process of what happened with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like to be a fly on the wall sometimes in those conversations to be like, I wonder how they came up with that concept. And I love that they did. Well, I think that's it. It's it's one of those things that just because something was one way, it doesn't mean that you can't take that opportunity to change it up and make it more appealing to a progressive modern audience. You know, that's, um, yeah, interesting, very interesting. And that's the thing, right? Like that's the power of inclusion is like the whole power that, these creative people have is to like take those old stories that are like fan favorites and then actually make them more modern realistic and have people of all different I guess like walks of life if you want to say in there and make it truly inclusive so and you're also opening it up to a new audience because let's face it I maybe wouldn't have gone and seen Eternals if I didn't know that there was a dev superhero in there so you know you're getting you're getting new people into the cinemas yeah, and that's like the business case, I guess, around inclusion, isn't it? Is that like, you know, if you are including these different communities, you're going to have a better opportunity of actually like tapping into those different markets and making money out of it. So, you know, giving that little plug there <laughs> is making it like it's not just like some charitable case that we're talking about here of like include us, we want to feel loved. Like there's actually a lot of money to be made out of including everyone. But, you know, talking today specifically about disability inclusion, there's billions of dollars out there to be made in terms of fashion, TV, film, whatever it is, um, by actually including us. So, Yeah. I think the other thing that's worth mentioning was um, it was kind of alluded to, but it didn't really go into any depth, but she seemed to have a romantic potential connection with, I can't remember his name, uh, but one of the other Eternals. Um, the guy who could control minds. Um, yeah, so I would have loved, I think my only bugbear with um, her character was we didn't see enough of her. She was kind of missing throughout the middle portion of the film and I would have loved to have seen a lot more of her um, being utilised throughout the whole film. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see like in future um, Eternal films as well because I'm pretty sure that this is becoming like the new Avengers type thing. There'll be multiple movies with the Eternals characters. Um, if they explore a bit more of that like romantic and possibly like sexual or intimate connection between mm. those two characters because um, I think that would be really powerful as well. Like, you know, obviously it's powerful having a disabled superhero, like amazing, but a disabled superhero that also has like an intimate relationship I'm just like this is amazing ticking all the boxes for me (laughs) and the fact like I mean I think I want 
probably Kay Chantel to speak on this, but I think as well, like the fact that, that it was like intersectional um, representation, like they didn't go with the most palatable version of a disabled person possible. I don't know if you felt that was something important to highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not only did they choose to be inclusive by, you know, going with a person with a disability, but they also chose a person of color. And I think that speaks volumes. You know, we don't we don't get lots of opportunities. And for years, there were, what, two, maybe three hard of hearing people who were actresses. And we all knew their names because they they recycled the ones all the time. So, you know, um, I think it's great to, for us to experience new people in this new era of diversity and inclusion. That's it. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm really excited to go and see. I have not been exposed to Lauren Ridloff, the actress before. So um, but I really responded to her on screen. I'd love to go see what else she's done. I think she was also in The Walking Dead. Am I getting that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole thing, I think, as well, is that, like, we're not asking for inclusion for the sake of it either. There's very, very talented disabled people out there that, you know, can be singers, can be actors, like, whatever, can be models. And we're out here, like, wanting those opportunities. And that's sort of the whole change that we're trying to create with all of this, I guess. So, but yeah, I think probably, like, you know, playing devil's advocate here, the only thing that we now need to see, and the only thing that I would say, it doesn't make my score a five out of five or anything. (laughs) <laughs> is the fact that, like, it's the first time they've bloody done it. <laughs> uh, yeah. We need more. And also we probably need um, some, like, visibly disabled people as well. So, like, I am yes. waiting for, you know, our next Charles Xavier, but also to be portrayed yeah. by someone who's actually disabled, please. Um, yeah. You know, I'm waiting for that, vis- you know, visible disability to be on screen as well because that's probably the stuff that really I think will help move mountains you know, in terms of inclusion throughout film and TV as well. but Yeah, I, I guess there was one other part to the, the Eternals that I, um, I'm not sure if I was, like, um, interpreting it correctly, but Angelina Jolie's character, um, she had some sort of, uh, what, would you saw, what would you say, condition where she would, you know, her behaviour would change and she in a way had to be, looked after by one of the other characters and I don't know if they were trying to touch on something there as well like neurodiverse or something like that but and if that was the case it maybe wasn't done as well it was a bit more of like that she has to be taken care of just to be managed that kind of thing so I didn't you know but again I'm not really sure if I'm reading too much into that character but I kind of picked up on those vibes that they were putting onto that character so did anyone else feel that or no you're right um it's kind of hard to say like you said but I I do think that's what they were trying to do but I feel like her moment of triumph came when her quote-unquote caretaker was killed and showed that she could take care of herself that she could manage herself yeah like you know, no, I guess if you're watching this, hopefully you've already watched the movie. So, like, if we... Spoiler alert. <laughs> talk spoilers. Yeah, literally, I'm like, spoiler alert. Like, you know, she does sort of, like, I guess, overcome that. And I don't know... I don't, or maybe not overcome, like, manage by herself, I think, in the end. And I think that is probably an empower, empowering story as well as, like, an important one 
And I agree, Steph, I wasn't sure if it was like heading down like neurodiverse or mental illness kind of pathway. And I would actually be really interested now that we've had this discussion, maybe to go and do a bit more research around that to see, you know, if anyone else has like written anything about this, because yeah, it's quite like a, it was a bit of like a really nuanced um, moment. And sometimes I think they throw things in there like that into films without actually really thinking through like, oh, this actually is representation of mental illness and the way that we've done this isn't great. Or yeah, it was really interesting. I think that's the thing. Like when it comes to like physical or sensory disabilities, it's kind of, they're a lot more obvious to audiences, but I find filmmakers are a little um, apprehensive with putting in or putting in labels of like being neurodiverse or mental health and things like that, just because it's such a big topic. It's such a big, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with putting that on screen in terms of representation and that they need a lot more work around that kind of thing. So I feel like there's a lot more subtle inclusion of that kind of stuff, but it's never really highlighted. It's never really like this is what we intended to do unless you have something like the good doctor who is apparently autistic or something like that. So Yes, and and I struggle with that because I love that show so much, but I just wish he was a, a an authentic person with autism. Audiences are really smart nowadays and we really pick up on when that authenticity is not there. Mm-hmm. And f- I think for me, like, I, you know, I am a filmmaker and I know the challenges of, you know, working on a film set and that kind of thing. So, you know, when it comes to sort of characters who maybe, you know, need different um, adaptations and that on, on set, you know, it's not like we're saying they have to have the exact disability that you're portraying on screen. For me, I would at least just like some level of first-hand experience, some level of authenticity that they can bring because you you pick up on that. You you know, audiences are, are very t- tuned in nowadays. And also, like, if it is incidental representation, it doesn't actually have to be, like, perfectly matched. Like, last week we spoke about sex education and the fact that they don't actually like divulge any like diagnosis or anything of Isaac's character and so then you don't actually have to find someone who has the exact same you know experience or condition or whatever you want to call it um you just have to have someone who actually has the experience that you're trying to represent in the show which is the more important part anyway so uh for me it's like just a a foundation to build on to build a character on you know yeah just some understanding of what that experience is like for for people so yeah um yeah you know we're not saying you know th- as you said before jason things don't have to be perfect but you know just ask questions give things a go let audiences you know evolve <laughs> yeah. yeah like obviously there's going to be things that are done well and things that are not done so well but like the whole point is is that like being receptive to the change that's happening in the industries mm-hmm. like I feel like just don't block all of this change um mm-hmm. you know like there were probably things that weren't really done all that well through like filming of Eternals and I don't we don't know all of those details either but you know mm-hmm. they hopefully the people that worked on set then learn from those experiences so that next time it's even better and I think that's mm-hmm. the point is like we're not asking for perfection no one's really asking for perfection right now from any industry and we might not ever get perfection, but we're just asking for, I guess, like drastic improvement. (laughs) 
Yeah. People to take a chance. People yeah. to push boundaries. Yeah. I, I'm the type of person that if I watch something and it's supposed to, the character is supposed to be based on someone with a disability, I'm Googling. Does this person have any kind of disability? It's so easy to do. Like you just Google mm-hmm. it straight away and then you're like, this is disappointing. <laughs> disappointing. That was the first thing. Yeah, it was the first thing I did with Eternals. So, yeah. Yeah, it detracts if you find out that there is no authenticity behind characters. So, mm. yeah, again, we have our ways of finding out. There is a thing called the internet. Watch out, guys. Literally. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to give our score out of five on the inclusive disability representation scale. Kay Chantel, you can go first. What did you give Eternals out of five? I am I'm going to give it a five out of five. Hey, that's really wow. good. I think that might be our first five. Oh, really? I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm a soft. <laughs> it's nice. It's refreshing. <laughs> uh steph what was your score look i'm gonna give it a four out of five um as i said this character in the comic books that it was adapted from was not uh, a woman of color was not a woman first of all was not a person with a disability so i really am grateful that they decided to use that the opportunity to turn this character into someone that i can actually I actually want to watch on on screen and actually root for. So, um, yeah, the only thing I wish they had done used more of her throughout the film because um, she was probably my favorite character. So, yeah, I'm a four point five out of five for this film individually um, because I think it was just done so well, um, and obviously the authentic casting thing. It's something that I go on about all of the time, <laughs> but it's very very important. Clearly. Um, and I am also very excited. I've been watching Hawkeye and we're obviously going to review that in the next coming weeks because there's also disability representation throughout that. And I'm, it's just exciting to me, I guess, that Marvel are actually like, okay, this is good. It's positive. It's working. People are responding really well. Let's do more of it. Um, so yeah, that just makes me really happy, I guess. So that's our score. So that's pretty much it. So thank you so much, Kay Chantel and Steph, for joining me today. And thank you, everyone, who followed along at home. As always, make sure you go and follow our social media pages because that is where we want to hear your thoughts, your scores, your feelings, if you agreed or disagreed with any of the things that we um, have shared about our analysis of Eternals. Um, And if anybody wants to shed some more light of their own personal experiences of neurodiversity or mental health um, and Angelina Jolie's character, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Or if someone has done a bit more research than me and has found some other people's thoughts on it, just whack it in the comments, send us a DM, whatever it is. Um, And if email works best for you, you can also email us at hello at reframepodcast.com. Yeah. Because I guess, like, you know, as I always say in each episode, the whole point of what we're doing here is to create conversation around change and the things that the industries are doing well, the things that they're not doing well, um, and what we as people with disability are asking them to do more of, I guess, which really we've cracked on about it enough today. But to break it down, all we're asking for is more representation, more positive representation, and just make it genuine and also give us some control over the narrative as well. Anyway, that's enough. (laughs) I bid you both farewell and thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next week. 